Welcome to the Will and Aaron Show. I am William Kramer, and I am with my co-host, Aaron Bontrager. We cover local sports, including the Northern Indiana Conference, the Northern Lakes Conference, plus teams in St. Joseph and Elkhart Counties. We also cover college and pro sports. We are recording on April 23rd, 2023, and we are recording our 36th episode. Uh, Aaron, how you doing? Doing good. Right. A, lot of, a lot of big news this week. Yes, yes, sir. A lot of great news. Uh, busy week in local sports, um, NBA playoffs. Uh, we'll talk about that later. Uh, we have with us a huge honor, uh, our guest speaker um, uh, for this episode. He's the head basketball coach at Marion High School um, in Mishawaka, Indiana. Um, and that is Coach Rob Berger. Uh, we're so glad you're on the show, Coach. And thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Looking forward to it. So uh, our first topic is going to be about Mr. Basketball for Indiana. Um, and, of course, Marcus Burton won by a wide margin uh, the final voting. Uh, Marcus got 171 votes. Um, he's obviously going to Notre Dame. Uh, the second Vault getter and Mr. Basketball for Indiana was Xavier Booker from Cathedral. He's heading to Michigan State next year for Coach Izzo. He had 20 votes. Uh, and then you had several players with, you know, single digits. Zane uh, Doty from Ben Davis is going to Ball State. Uh, Joey Hart from Linton Stockton. He's going to UCF. Uh, Miles Coven from Heritage Christian going to Purdue. And then Mason Jones from uh, Valparaiso, uh, he's going to be teammate of Zane. He's also going to Ball State. So uh, what do we think about uh, the final vote? Um, and obviously our thoughts on, on Marcus here. Well, I think it was just a great moment for this area in general. Um, you know, he's the first Penn player and the third from St. Joe County. So and I think he's the first since 1978 from the, the Mishawaka South Bend area. So. It's a big deal, I think. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I was reading the South Bend Tribune, uh, and Coach Rose, uh, he made a statement. He said, uh, you know, he developed, Marcus, that is, developed into a leader in the locker room, also in practice, pushing his teammates to become better. Uh, Marcus would not tolerate anything less than their best effort. Uh, and my, when I thought about that, my mind immediately went to – uh, Michael Jordan and uh, that uh, documentary series that uh, happened a few years ago and how his teammates uh, uh, praised Michael for his accountability and practice in games and how uh, he had to be that accountability piece for his team to take them to where they needed to go. And I'm not comparing Marcus to MJ. I'm just saying that uh, you need a guy in a locker room that's going to be that leader. Uh, who's not going to accept anything less than the best effort. And that's exactly what uh, Marcus did for Penn High School. Uh, Marcus averaged 30.2 points a game, five and a half rebounds, 4.6 assists, and 3.3 steals. Um, you know, I had an opportunity to uh, attend Nordane practice last summer. This is 2022. And after practice, uh, I happened to bump into Coach Bray in the hallway, and um, uh, if anybody knows Coach Bray, he, he's willing to talk to anybody. And so 
uh, we were just small talking, and he asked me, he goes, hey, uh, what do you think about Marcus Burton? And I said, well, coach, um, we weren't able to beat him because I was coaching at that time at Washington High School, and we had a really close battle um, at our place at Washington. Uh, but Burton took over the show at the end um, and, and led Penn to the victory. Um, but uh, I said, you know, uh, Burton has really gotten better since his junior year. Uh, I remember watching Marcus play Cathedral in Indianapolis during June ball, uh, Pat Jim, and um, Marcus really outshined Xavier uh, Booker in that game. And I, I, th- I just thought, wow, um, you know, this Marcus guy is really going to uh, make a big splash his senior year. And, and, and obviously he, he did do that. Coach, your thoughts on Marcus? Well, I had two thoughts as you kind of went through that. Number one, you know, and I agree 100% with what you just said, from his junior to his senior year, I mean, he got so much better. I mean, he was literally this year was unstoppable. He could get any shot he wanted. Uh, he, you know, he got his teammates involved. I mean, he we had no answers. And, you know, I like to think we, we traditionally play pretty good defense. And he would just get through a little crack. I mean, we thought, like, all right, good. You know, in a good, we're in a good position. And all of a sudden, he'd slip through and <laughs> had a wide-open layup. I mean, he just was, you know, that dominant this year. And the second thing is I must do a really poor job of scheduling because we played against him and Booker in the last couple of years. That's stupid <laughs> on my part, I guess. So maybe we don't need to be playing the top two Mr. Basketball candidates every year. <laughs> well, you know what? Um, I, I'm sure that you made them better because you're always uh, your team's always well coached, and uh, I'm sure Marcus and Xavier would say the same thing that uh, that your defense posed them a challenge. So, uh, but nothing but good things about Marcus. We're so happy for him. Uh, obviously, he's he's headed to Notre Dame, and uh, we're hoping for the best. Uh, so, topic number two: uh, pin. We're staying within pin here. Uh, Coach Al Rose retires after 42 years in the coaching biz, uh, business. He tallied up 693 wins to just 329 losses. Uh, um, from 1994 to 2002, he was at Warsaw, where he won four sectionals, two regionals, uh, one semi-state. Um, he had a Mr. Basketball candidate there uh, at Warsaw, Kevin Alt. Uh, he eventually went to Missouri State, played for Steve Alford. Actually, they went to the NCAA Sweet 16 in 98-99 that year. Um, then he went to Logan Sport, uh, Coach Rose, uh, from 2004 to 2007. Uh, 2008, well, he coached at Fort Wayne Northrop. And then 2009, he got hired at Penn and uh, had a really solid career there. Uh, some of his better years, 2012, 13 season. Uh, um, that's kind of his first big splash at Penn. Uh, he had Austin Torres. Uh, of course, we all remember him in Notre Dame. Uh, Jordan Geist was also on that team, who later went on to Missouri. Um, they were 17-5. They won the NIC, uh, and they lost to Adams in the sectional title. Uh, the next year, they went 23-2. and uh, Geist uh, and Ryan Lutz led the charge. Uh, they won the sectional. They beat Concord in the regional first game, uh, but lost a close game to Lake Central in the regional final. 
the next year in 2014-15, they won 21 games. They lost to Riley in the sectional final. Uh, then uh, there was a, a few years gap there where they weren't as good, but still solid. Uh, but the the next big year was 2018-2019 when they went 24 and four. They won the NIC, uh, and that was uh, that's they had Drew Lutz on that team, who l- later played at Incarnate Word, transferred to Bethel. Uh, they also had Noah Applegate, Penn's all-time leading scorer on that team as well. He went to play for Hope College. Uh, they won their sectional regional, but lost to Carmel in the semi-state uh, that year. Um, and then 2021-2022, uh, they went 24-3. and three. Uh, The only losses that year were to Valpo, Chesterton, and, of course, uh, Marion, uh, Coach Berger's team. So uh, what a career for Coach Rose. Um, and uh, when I talk to coaches throughout the state, uh, whether it's at clinics or whatnot, uh, and Al Rowe's name comes up. Nothing but good things are said about him. He's one of the smartest coaches around. Um, obviously, one of the most successful coaches. Yeah, I think he made. I think his own statement kind of stood out to me. Just how he has won in five decades. Like he's made the final four in five decades. Kind of says says a lot. Coach, any uh, thoughts on uh, your pal, your buddy, uh, Coach Rhodes? Uh, yeah, I mean that is incredible. I guess I didn't see that statement, but five, you know, five. What do you say? Five decades he's been to the final four. That's yeah, that's yeah. amazing. That you know, a lot of coaches can ride a group of kids and have a lot of success, but if you can do that with, and they were probably at, you know, a few different schools. I'd imagine. I mean, it's probably the '80s at Warsaw, and then maybe the mm-hmm. '90s at Warsaw, and then you probably had a couple pens mixed in there. But you know, at Coach Rhodes, I mean, he's. You know, his 84 team, I can outdate you guys by a long shot. His 84 team was one of the teams that kind of got me interested in basketball. That was, you know, with Marty Lehman, who went on to Ohio University, Jeff Gross, who went on to Northwestern, uh, Holler, I can't, you know, who was in the movie Hoosiers, was on that team as well. There was a kid named Long on that team. You know, they were, they won the state in 84. I believe they beat Vincennes in the championship game. But that was the third, the first uh, state finals I ever went to is Plymouth in 82. And then 84 was Warsaw. So that was one of the first teams that kind of got me interested in, you know, just basketball in general. I won't tell you how old I was at that time, but I I can still remember. (laughs) But, you know, in just his teams, you know, just coaching against him for, you know, I was at Wawasee for a year and he was, I coached against him at Warsaw and then at Penn. So it's, I probably coached against him now a few decades of those, but you know, those just his teams were always well prepared and they made going up against him always made you a better coach. You know, his team, you, they weren't ever going to beat themselves. So if you were going to beat them, you were going to have to do something. You were going to have to be better than them on that night. And, you know, I think that made all of us, you know, better coaches. Absolutely. Uh, quiz question for you, coach. Uh, so you're correct. They did beat Vincent's. In the championship in 1984, while he was at Warsaw, uh, the score was 59 56. Do you know who the opposing coach was for Ben Since? Was it Gunnar Wyman? Gene Miller. Okay, who's at Washington now? Yes, yes. He's, he's Long the time coach. Yeah, okay, yeah. I did not. Okay. 
Yeah, I was I was at that one, and I thought they were going to ask me who they beat in the afternoon, and I, I honestly can't remember who they beat. <laughs> you know what, um, Coach Wolf, I had opportunity. To, we had him on the show last uh, episode, and uh, just talking with him off the show, uh, we were talking about Coach Rose, and he said, "You know, uh, Will, one of the greatest things about Coach Rose is he will never coach anything that he doesn't understand." But he understands a lot of the game. So um, he has a counter to a counter. You know, he has all the things that a lot of coaches, including me, wouldn't think about, you know. And he's already thought about this. And he has a a plan A, a plan B, and a plan C. Uh, And so um, just an outstanding career for Coach Rose. Um, we, we, We wish him the best in whatever he does next. Uh, and what he chooses to do. Uh, so the question remains, who is going to replace Coach Al Rose at Penn High School? Um, I've been kind of talking around with some people, and uh, there are two names that I keep hearing over and over, uh, and that is Mark Urban from Chesterton and uh, Barack Pullman from Valparaiso. Um, but I just don't think that these guys can I think they've got a great staff, both at Chesterton and Valpo. And I, I don't know if Penn is enough to pull them away from uh, those programs that are well-oiled right now. Uh, obviously, Chesterton last year is just one year removed from playing in the state championship game. Uh, Kuhlman has had really good, solid uh, years at Valparaiso. It's a, traditionally a, a basketball place. Um, and so I don't know, uh, if that is, if, if Penn is an appealing place enough for them to move from the, their, their perspective score now to Penn high school. What do you guys think? Well, I mean, beat the, you know, I, we've kind of talked about it before. I, I don't know what Penn's looking for, you know, if they are looking for someone experienced or if they're looking for someone, you know, with some sectional championships under their belt, but it seems like once Taylor, uh, Tyler Leighton got Leighton got there, it kind of, he kind of gave them a spark. It felt like you know they had a he kind of brought in a new staff. What was that two or three years ago? Yes, yeah. uh, he was on staff two years ago, um, and uh, he's been the head coach for JV yeah. last two years. Uh, obviously, also a varsity assistant, and that was my next uh, person I was going to bring up, which is Tyler Leighton. Uh, the former Gemtown star who uh, was on the 2004 uh, state title team at Gemtown. Wasn't he uh, a head but, coach as well in the Chicago area at one point? Yes, yes. So yeah. he has co- had coaching experience in the Chicagoland area. Um, he formerly played collegiately at IUSB. Um, uh, Tyler is uh, arguably one of the hottest young coaches in the market right now. Um, I'm being told that uh, schools like New Prairie, Elkhart, Gemtown have all expressed uh, gauge some interest in Tyler. Uh, and I, I just believe that Tyler will be a head coach next year. I, I really do. I think he'll be a head coach either, either at Jimtown, perhaps maybe at Penn. Um, uh, cause he, he's got obviously connections there at those two schools. Um, and I think it's, it's the right time, right fit, uh, for Tyler. So, um, we'll see though. It'll be interesting to see what Penn high school does. Um, and schools like Elkhart, you know, what happens to New Prairie, what happens to Jimtown, et cetera. Yeah, there's a lot of jobs out there so far. Yes. Yeah. 
in the NIC for sure. I, I see why we see there's just one opening in the NLC, wasn't there? Yes. Yeah. So it's, yeah, I think he'd be a good candidate, you know, just meeting him briefly this year and, you know, talking with him, you know, off and on throughout the rest of the season. Again, not knowing what Penn's looking for, but I certainly wouldn't be scared to someone, you know, to hire someone like him. Absolutely. Aaron, your thoughts? Yeah, it seems like a logical, he just slides on over to the head coach seat. Um, But yeah, I wonder if like the pull of Jim Town as alma mater would want him to come back or it'll be interesting to see. And that brings yeah. us to, to the Wallace C job, actually, which is topic number three. And they hired uh, Coach Lou. I'm not sure how to say his name, but he has quite the resume across three states. He does. Uh, and let's get into that resume. You know, he's 31st all time on the Indiana High School coaching win list. Uh, he's won 329 games. Uh, he's got a .756 winning percentage. That's pretty good. Um, he spent, uh, 15 years prior to coaching in Indiana, he spent 16 years in Georgia and Connecticut, where he won four state titles between those, those two coaching stints. Um, and, uh, obviously in the last 19 years, he's been in the Hoosier state, uh, where he's won uh, several sectionals since to be specific and two regionals. So, um, Coach uh, Lefer's uh, official statement, uh, which I got from uh, a local newspaper around uh, Wawasee area, uh, said this, uh, a, a coach looking for a new position usually looks at two things, the quality of the people in charge of the school corporation and the present condition of the basketball program. Both seem very strong at Wawasee. The administrators in charge of Wawasee High School and the entire Wawasee School Corporation seem to be the exact type of skilled, welcoming, and supportive educators that any coach would hope to work for. That, coupled with the fact that former coach John Everham has built a strong foundation in the basketball program for me to try to build on, made Wawasee the easy choice for me over other possible opportunities. Now, Wawasee has tradition. Uh, if you look at their history, uh, Warsaw has long been a thorn in their side, especially when you're talking about the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Uh, but the golden era of Wawasee basketball started in the early 2000s, where you had guys like Kyle Lance and Corey Lance. Corey later played at Bethel University. Phil Mishler was a coach at that time. They, they started to win a lot of games. In fact, from 2003 to 2011, Wallace C averaged 15.5 wins per season. That's how good Wallace C basketball was at that time. Now, in 2005, uh, they lost to Plymouth in the semi-state. Um, and in 2010, uh, the Warriors were led by Riley uh, Stitcher, uh, and they, they went to the regional final against Fort Wayne Elmhurst, where they lost a very close game, 88 to 85. A year later, um, they lost to Columbia City uh, in the sectional final, but had a really solid year in 2011. Uh, Wawasee became irrelevant for over a decade. Uh, in 2020, John Everham returned 
the Warriors to uh, better form where they won 14 games. Uh, but since that year in 2020, the last few years, they've kind of just kind of struggled. So, uh, like I said, Wawasee had six sectionals. Uh, they got one regional uh, to their history. Uh, last year, Wawasee went 9-14. They, play, they played in sectional 20 with Northwood. Uh, and, you know, that's, that's tough. Anytime you're in, in a sectional with Northwood, uh, you know Northwood is going to be solid year in and year out. Uh, can Wawasee return to becoming a consistent winning program? I think yes, but it's going to take a few years. Uh, the NLC is a tough basketball conference. Uh, you got Warsaw, Northwood, Northridge. Uh, you think of Coach Bender and what Mishawaka did uh, with with his first year there. Concord and Goshen are both very solid uh, middle-tier programs. Uh, Plymouth is getting better under Joel Grendel, who just won his uh, 100th game in his career uh, this past season. Uh, so Coach is going to have his work cut out for him at, at Wallace C. Uh, but it'll be very interesting to see uh, what he does there. Um, Coach Berger, uh, any thoughts on Wallace C and their new hire? Well, you, you, start, you started talking history and you gave Phil Mishler all the credit from building it. But who did Phil Mishler replace as the head coach at Wallace C and 1999-2000. That's a good question. Who was it? I know you got the answer. That would have been me. Oh. <laughs> Don't you want wow. to see that one here? <laughs> <laughs> That's the reason why they were, they, they had success. <laughs> no, not I, even close. Uh, <laughs> Phil Mishler did a great job. I just wanted to throw that out there. But I haven't spent time there. I totally agree with what uh, the coach said. Uh, it was a great, you know, they're very supportive there. The people really do support their their teams. I lived right across the street, you know, from obviously high school in Syracuse when I was down there. And, you know, it, 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 it's going to be tough. I mean, you know, they well support you. The community supports obviously high school and all their sports. I mean, they really do. The football games were always packed and, you know, they, you know, it's, it, it will be tough because, you know, the NLC is, you know, traditionally top to bottom, you know, hard to compete with, but, you know, it sounds like this guy's built winners and with the if he can get the community on board and you know get all the middle school the elementary school kids playing and the middle school kids playing there's you know no reason Wawasee can't get back to the game you know the, the way they were in the you know the middle 2000s after I left there <laughs> well coach I, I I apologize for omitting that uh my bad bad research on my part uh that is right I remember you telling me that too um you mentioned that uh, Aaron, your thoughts on uh, Wallace's situation? Yeah, I mean, it, it will be tough, like you guys mentioned. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I think it's nice that he has some some juniors like the Everingham twins to kind of help him well compete in his first year. So we'll see. I mean, like you got like you mentioned, well, the, there's a lot of great coaches in this conference, so it's nice to have another one. Um, It'll make it more interesting for sure. Absolutely. You're right. So uh, basketball season, can it start already? I know we just <laughs> ended, but uh, can't wait for next year. Uh, NIC and NLC. Let's move on to topic number four. We're going to stick with high school basketball, switching to the girls' side. Uh, Mila Reynolds and Amaya Reynolds, uh, they both made their commitment to transfer to Purdue. 
both of them were formerly uh, uh, committed to uh, Maryland. Uh, actually, Miwa was already on the team playing as a freshman. Uh, she went to the transfer portal. Uh, Maya was uh, committed to Maryland. She uh, got out of that commitment. Uh, and they both last week announced that they're transferring to join their former Washington teammate, Rashana Jones. So we're going to have three Washington Panthers on next year's Purdue Boilermaker women's basketball roster. Now, Mila in 22 games uh, averaged 5.2 minutes, uh, 31% from the field, um, and uh, scored one point per contest. And I was looking at the roster of returners and, and what's coming back. Uh, you've got Abby Ellis. She is the leading returner in scoring with 11 points. She's a fifth-year senior, three-point shooter, um, guard. Caitlin Harper is a sixth-year senior, 10 points per game. Forward can play inside out. Jayla Smith, another uh, guard, athletic, eight points per game. Uh, probably one of the better defend defensive players on the roster. She's a junior. Uh, Janae Terry, another athletic guard, uh, fifth-year senior, uh, more of a driver facilitator, passer first guard, uh, rebounds and ball, uh, ball well. Um, and she played a lot because she can do a lot. Uh, senior Madison Layden, 6-1 guard, uh, catch-and-shoot player. Um, so when I think about can or who's going to – play next year from those three, Mila, Amaya, and Rashonda. You know, Mila is going to have to battle Caitlin and Mary. Mary's a 6-2 forward from the New York area. She's going to be an incoming freshman. Um, and uh, she's got uh, basically two uh, players to compete for minutes. Uh, Amaya and Rashonda. Uh, this team is very guard heavy, as we just mentioned. So they're going to have a lot of competition there. Uh, Mila, as the area people know, she's battled some health issues for most of her high school career and part of her collegiate career at Maryland. Uh, so she'll need to stay healthy. That'll be important for her chances. Uh, Amaya is coming off a leg injury of her own. Um, so uh, hopefully she can be back to full strength going into the, the fall. Uh, Rashonda. Um, you know, she's uh, at full strength. She's healthy training at Washington uh, right now. So it will be very interesting to see uh, what those three do next year at Purdue. Uh, Coach, uh, any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I admittedly don't follow the women's basketball as close as I do the, the men's basketball, I guess. But I would think that would be, you know, huge for Purdue, you know, to get three recruits like, you know, those guys, you know, the Reynolds girls and the Jones girl, I would think. You know, that coach has to be really, really happy with, you know, if kids like that coming into Purdue. Because I believe, and, you know, again, correct me if I'm wrong, I think Purdue's the last Big Ten school to win uh, an NCAA, NCAA championship out of the Big Ten, correct? I think. Correct, yes. So you know, they've had some success, but I know they've been down, you know, a little while as well. But I would think that would be, you know, a huge haul, you know, getting those three girls to come to Purdue. Yes. And to add to that, uh, I think Purdue won the championship like the year before Notre Dame or two years before Notre Dame did, right? Okay. With, I the, was, with Ivy and Ruth Riley, probably. Yes, yeah, Purdue. I thought that was kind of uh, within a few years of each other when Purdue won. Uh, I could be wrong, though. I'll have to look at that, that up. 
Uh, Aaron, your thoughts? Yeah, it'll be it'll be nice to see that tie to Purdue and how they do. It's a good get, like you guys mentioned. You know, uh, this is interesting. I'm not trying to make any uh, news here or trying to say anything with this, but if you look at the roster of the Indiana women's team and the roster of the Purdue women's team, uh, you'll notice a difference, and that is Purdue goes after the Indiana players more than uh, what IU does. I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm just saying uh, that there is that stark difference there. You'll see a lot more of Indiana uh, Hoosiers on the Purdue uh, roster, and I I think that's uh, kind of a cool thing uh, for Purdue to to do that. Um, Kind of that way for the men's team as well, it feels like. feels like Purdue has more Indiana kids than IU, I could be wrong on that, but it feels like no, it. no. I think coach, I think you're exactly right. Um, and you know, that's Purdue strategy is is uh, obviously working for the Purdue side, men's side. There, uh, we'll see how it works out for shapes out for the the women's team. Uh, let's move on to topic number five, and that is South Bend, Washington uh, football head coach Todd Stamage resigning this past week. Uh, he had uh, a record of fourteen and twenty four in his four years there. Uh, his best year was in his first year where he went six and four that season. Uh, he went own four uh, in sectional uh, playoff games in his four years there. Uh, so what football experience did he bring to the table? Well, he's been a lot of years as a middle school head coach at Jefferson Middle School, uh, which feeds into, I think, uh, I think Washington. Isn't that a feeder school for Washington? I could be wrong. Uh, Jefferson? Yeah, is that, I think uh, I think that goes more probably to Adams and Riley. Okay, Plus Adams and Riley. There, yeah. So he was a longtime uh, middle school coach there, um, and then got hired um, to coach at Washington. Uh, coach Berger, this is the interesting topic because aren't you related somehow to Coach uh, Sandwich? Yeah, Todd it happens to be my brother-in-law. You know, he's married to my sister actually. So all yeah. right, so and my brother helped him coach. My brother was you know, on his staff the last four years as well. So oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so let's look at some potential candidates here. Uh, one candidate is someone who's already been a head coach at Washington. He's a former Notre Dame football player, spent seven years as a head coach at Washington. Uh, he went five and seven in the tournament. Uh, he nearly won a sectional title in his first year, losing 36, 34 to Washington or to Mishawaka. He already has strong ties to Washington. Uh, he knows the landscape of the West Side community. Uh, formerly was an, uh, an assistant at Marion High School. Uh, and he spent the past year coaching at Oberlin College as an assistant. So he's got some college experience as well. I think that's probably someone who maybe has a leg up, if you will, um, on other candidates. Um, another potential candidate, uh, maybe Derek Lee. He's actually an alumni, uh, alumnus of Washington. Um, currently the head coach at Riley, formerly at Muncie Central. Uh, and last year he went five and five at Riley. Um, and he's kind of got a good thing going right now at, at uh, Riley High School. So um, those are two names that I've kind of heard a little bit uh, here and there. So Aaron, anything on... Coach Stamich of resigning um, and and these potential candidates here. You know, I think it's it's just a tough 
tough time for a lot of different things in education and um I I don't know the situation. I it sounds like Coach Stamich was a genuine teacher of the game and uh mm-hmm. did a lot of great things in that community. So mm-hmm. um yeah, I don't know the the candidates seem like good ones too. So you know, I hope that whoever they get that they can build some momentum and yeah, it'll just it'll just be good for this area for a South Bend school to be relevant football as well as basketball. I know the basketball programs are a little bit more traditionally like stronger. So, yep, yep. Well said, Aaron. I'll I'll add one more thing, and then Coach, we'll go to you here. Um, you know, Coach Stamich did a, a whole lot in his uh, uh, tenure at Washington. I, I do want to add that um, I I had the privilege uh, this past year. Uh, to to be with Coach Sandwich in the hallways every day. So, I mean, uh, every day I was able to spend time with him, get to know him a little bit more. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's a, uh, a guy who is high energy, uh, really, uh, you know, has a passion for Washington students. Uh, I saw it every day in the hallways. Uh, a lot of, of students would go up to him, even if they weren't even one of his players, just a general student. And um, you could tell that there was a connection there. Um, and so I just wanted to be fair to him and, and say that um, I've enjoyed getting to know him this past year. Coach, uh, last thoughts on Coach Sandwich. Uh, you know, I, I think he, you know, gave a good effort. I mean, I, you know, he gave everything he had, you know, and, you know, I think he worked pretty hard at it. I just think it's, you know, you know, like Aaron said, it's kind of South Bend. It's, it's been a tough sell for a long, long time. I mean, there's been pockets. I mean, Clay made a run to the semi-state one year. Uh, got beat by Dwinger. You know, Washington obviously went down to, you know, Indianapolis. Cathedral beat them. Cathedral, Cathedral beat them. I think in 91 or 92, Riley actually won a 5A sectional, got beat by Maryville. But there, I, I've named the history pretty much of the <laughs> sectional era. Yeah. So Adams has never won a sectional. So it's really not just, you know, Washington. It's, you know, it's hard to get. You know, and I, from what I understand, football people tell me numbers are huge. I mean, you have to have numbers of kids out there. And I guess as I go to, you know, I hit a football game. I don't, I don't just go to Marion games every Friday. So I hit a lot of high school football games. And it just seems like the numbers, when I go to South Bend game, the numbers of kids is just small. So I think that would, you know, you guys have probably touched on it, but somebody who can get kids interested in playing football at Washington would be, you know, someone who could get middle school kids interested in, you know, playing football and possibly might the timing might be pretty good. I mean, with Clay closing, I mean, there are going to be a few more kids out there to spread to the other three, you know, the other high schools. So, you know, maybe that would help, you know, Washington, you know, get some more kids, which, you know, would build some depth possibly. Mm-hmm. Well said. And here's the thing. Uh, we have some really tremendous uh, student athletes in the South Bend schools and uh, athletic, athletic, athletic kids. Yeah. Good kids, athletic kids. Uh, but like you said, we need the numbers go up. I'm going to add one more name to this. Uh, Cody Vincent, uh, who's now currently an assistant at Northwood, uh, graduated from Jimtown. He was an assistant at SMU uh, and then moved to Arkansas where he spent four years in the SEC uh, being an assistant um, and moved back to the uh, uh, area, uh, he actually lives in South Bend, uh, and he wanted to be a head coach. Uh, so 
maybe you go with a younger guy who uh, is hungry, driven, um, and wants to kind of prove himself. I don't know, but um, you know, I'd be very curious to see how many applicants uh, Washington will draw. Um, I, I think that says a lot about uh, the quality of the job uh, on what the pool is, um, who's interested, who applies. Um, but you and, um, I could be, you and I could be nosy this week, and we could maybe find that answer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Coach, that sounds great. That's that's your assignment. <laughs> you you know people, so that should be easy for you to pull strings. <laughs> Um, so, you know, I, you know, look, I hope the best for Washington. I really do. I work there. Uh, I, I know, I know our student athletes. I'm around them a lot. Um, and I would love, just love to see Washington football be really good again. Uh, I think that'd be exciting for the West side community. Um, and our, our kids, the Washington Panther uh, community deserves to have winning football again. Okay. Let's move on to topic number six. Uh, and that is, high school baseball and softball from this past week. Um, and so uh, Penn baseball had a good week. They went 2-0. They beat their rival, Mishawaka Cavemen. Also had notch a win against a top-10 opponent in Lake Central. Uh, so good week for Penn. Uh, three remaining NIC baseball teams are undefeated in conference, and that's Penn, Riley, and Marion. So... Things are starting to heat up in conference play. It'll be interesting to see how this plays out. The NLC, Northridge and Mishawaka are both 3-0 in conference play. So it's kind of looking like a two-headed monster in the NLC between Northridge and Mishawaka. Uh, Penn, St. Joe, Adams all remain undefeated in the NIC for softball. So that's a three-team race there. Uh... Also, sticking with softball, let's look at the NLC, where you have Mishawaka, Wawasee, and Goshen. Those three teams seem to be head and shoulders above everybody else right now. But let's be honest, there's really not one dominant team in the NLC. Uh, we've documented already that the NLC is kind of down this year. The NIC is way stronger. But it'll be interesting to see uh, if one of those three teams can kind of Put themselves on the shelf by themselves. Uh, we had a, some big wins this past week in baseball. Uh, Marion beat St. Joe 10 to 9 in the Holy War. If I recall correctly, Marion was down one run heading into the bottom of the seventh, and they scored twice to win that big game. Uh, and then uh, in softball, Adams and Riley, this was a huge game for the city because these two teams uh, in softball are the two best teams for city schools. And Adams came away victorious, winning 10-6. to Jimtown uh, beat Marion 6-3. St. Joe had a huge win against a very good Franklin County team, 11-0. And how about Penn softball? They beat two Indy area schools. And Ron Cali, 13-3, and Brownsburg, 6-5. Ron Cali is probably the better of the two, but just two impressive wins for Penn softball. Uh, Aaron, any uh, thoughts on baseball softball this week? You know, I, had, I didn't get a chance to stay caught up with it, but those are impressive wins from our, some of our area schools. That's right. Things are heating up. Uh, Coach, have you been able to get out to a, a baseball or softball game so far? I have not, but I've 
paid kind of attention to the softball side. I'm going to make a prediction that Penn will win the 4A and St. Joe will win the 3A in softball. I that mean, is a solid that. prediction, Coach. When you got dominant pitchers, especially that girl from St. Joe, my goodness. Yes. Basically carried a team as a freshman to the state championship last year. Yes. And I think Penn and I believe Newper even has an ace. You know, yes. that's really good. And some of these games are like going zero to zero to like the 15th inning before an error or something happens. <laughs> so I'm, I'll predict that. You know, in, in baseball, I have not gotten out to a game, but, uh, you know, Penn's always going to be good. You know, mm-hmm. it does. Marion looks like they've got some pretty decent pitching. You know, may not have showed in the St. Joe game, but, you know, they're good. I, you know, John Glenn's solid again this year. You know, they're, you know, pretty good. And, you know, Adams, I believe, are the two-time sectional champions. So I think, you know, Adams is, you know, pretty solid every year as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a great recap. Uh, exciting times for baseball, softball. Things will heat up this next week. There are several big games, so uh, looking forward to those games. Uh, we are going to reveal our top five list for baseball and softball. We wanted to give it a couple of weeks so that we can kind of get a better gauge on who the the contenders are, who the middle, you know, of the pack teams are. Uh, and so uh, it's been long enough, so we are going to reveal our top five baseball teams. Starting with number five, uh, Mishawaka, they're eight and one. Uh, number four is Northridge, seven and three. And then our top three all come from the NIC, and that is number three, Marion. As Coach, you just mentioned, they're eight and two. Uh, our second team is going to be New Prairie. They're 10, two, and one. And then our top team, no surprise here, the former state champs, Penn High School, they're seven and four. So that's our top five for baseball. Yeah, I think I'm going to go tomorrow. I will be going my first game. I think I'm going to watch number two at number three. New Prairie's at Marion tomorrow, I believe. Ooh, okay. On, you know, going over to that one, so. Awesome. That should be a good one. Yeah, yeah. It's a t- two top teams, definitely, yeah. St. Joe just narrowly missed out on being in our top five. Had they not lost to both Northridge and Mishwaka, we probably would have slid them in. But St. Joe's another team that's, that's dangerous as well. Uh, Aaron, your thoughts on top five for baseball? No, I think they're pretty, pretty clearly the top five teams. Um, I would just, I would shout out Jimtown. They had a nice showing at, and I was granted it's probably lesser competition, but they really, <clears throat> excuse me, dominated the Wallace C Invitational or tournament this weekend. So I had to plug my cousin and Coach Stoner. Look out for the Jimmies. <clears throat> that is right. Jimtown won impressively. Uh, I think it was twenty-four to two. They beat Wawasi, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. To win it, so Jimtown baseball—they're always traditionally a solid program. And Coach Stoner, uh, I think we're going to get him on the show at some point. I know he's really busy right now, but uh, uh, he's busy all year round. He coaches every sport over there. <laughs> <laughs> he does everything in Jimtown. I, I heard he—I heard he was going to be the volleyball coach or something. Yeah, I don't know. okay. <laughs> Okay, time to reveal our top five softball teams. Again, we're talking just NIC, NLC, and teams from Elkhart and St. Joseph counties are eligible for this. And so let's start with number five, and that is Jimtown 
and and, and all five of the teams are from the NIC. So uh, no hard feelings from NLC, but the, the the dominance right now is in the NIC. So number five is Jimtown. They're six and one. Uh, fourth is Adams. They're five and zero. Oh. Uh, New Prairie is third at ten and one. Penn and St. Joe. This was really hard for us because it's it's like ah, uh, you you really could argue one or two either way. But we're gonna put Penn at two, nine, three, and one. And it's really hard, as coaches mentioned, they have an ace that might be the best ace in this area, arguably maybe in the northern half of the state. Uh, and that Zach, or is Zach or Zach, girl, um, pitcher. And St. Joe, number one at seven and oh, they still have not lost. So that's our top five. Any comments, uh, feedback, Aaron, from top five here? No, I, I, you know, it's, I think you laid it out pretty well. So nothing to add. Coach. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I agree with your top three for sure. The, from what I've seen, you know, those are three pitchers that could, you know, just takes an air by another team. Any one of those three teams could, you know, win a state championship, I think. Yeah. You know, what's interesting is you, you made a good point, coach. Those top three, are in their own kind of like area. And then you have to go down to Adams. Jimtown probably is with Adams there, but a lot yeah. of these teams are not actually played each other. So we're going to see some really interesting matchups in the next couple of weeks uh, with these top five teams playing each other at some point. So a lot of fun at uh, games coming up. Okay, let's move on to topic number eight. Uh, we did a little research on the NIC, NLC, baseball, softball, state championship history. Now, the NIC has won eight state championships in baseball as a conference from uh, the following teams. Penn has five. Uh, South Bend Clay won. Elkhart Central won. Um, I believe that was back when Tully was a pitcher. I don't remember Tully or not. It was Tanner um, Tully and uh, I think kid named Corey Malcolm was the other pitcher on that team, I think. Yes. And uh, though I, at least Tully is playing professionally. I'm not sure about Malcolm, but uh, that was a really good team they had. And then St. Joe is the other one that won a state championship. So the NIC, uh, obviously dominated by Penn, but there's some other teams that have been, you know, show some dominance as well uh, in their own right. Now, there's been five runner-ups in state championship games from the NIC. South Bend, Washington in 1984-85 uh, season. Uh, Jimtown, 1998-99 season. Marion has been state runner-up twice, 2007-8 uh, season and 2010-11 season. And then Penn, most recently, 2016-17 baseball season. Uh, the NLC, guess how many state titles they've won in baseball? Zero. <laughs> so they got some work to do uh, <laughs> to get some state titles. But they have one state runner-up, and that is Plymouth Pilgrims. They were state runner-up in 1999-2000 season. Oh. Um, so let's move on to the NIC softball. 
state champs, and there are three state titles from the NIC for softball, and that is Penn in 1998-99, Bremen 19, or 2018-19, and obviously last year was St. Joe 2021-22 uh, season. Um, and the NIC has five state runner-ups, New Prairie uh, in 06, Bremen 08, uh, Penn 2016, St. Joe 18, and uh, Bremen also in 2018. Now, the NLC has two state champions, and uh, one is from your alma mater, Aaron, Northridge, in 1988, and the other one was from Warsaw, uh, 1991. So historically, the NIC has just been a stronger conference in both baseball and softball. I don't know why that is, but it just is the way it is. All right, let's move on to topic number nine. Notre Dame blue goal game. Did, did either of you get a chance to catch highlights or watch a portion of that game? I didn't. Okay. Well, Sam Hartman, if there was any question about who was going to be the starter, I think he pretty much uh, squelched the argument or the, the question. Uh, he, had, he had an outstanding performance. He connected 13 of his 16 pass attempts for 189 yards, two touchdown passes. He also ran for another touchdown, uh, sealing his uh, fate uh, for QB1. Uh, he was able to connect on the deep balls. He made accurate throws and tight windows. Uh, he made good, quick reads. He was elusive enough in the pocket to to provide enough time for wide receivers to get open. Uh, and the gold team won against the blue team 24 to zero. Um, and it was the Sam Hartman show in his first appearance inside Notre Dame stadium, stadium in front of the fans. Uh, so I, I think uh, coach uh, overall was happy with the performance he saw uh, with Notre Dame. So it should be exciting to see what the Irish do uh, coming this next season here. Okay, time for our NBA segment here with the NBA playoffs. Now, last episode, you might recall that Aaron did his first-round picks. So, Aaron, please update us on how you're doing in your East and West picks here. Well, um, let's see. Not doing good with the Miami one as Miami is up 2-1 on the Bucks. Kind of a surprise uh, with Giannis being hurt. Uh, Boston, trying to check the score because they were playing. 98-91 right now with 10 minutes to go. Okay, so <laughs> my uh, Celtics in five is looking pretty good right now. Uh, then the Sixers swept the Nets, which pretty much I think most people can see that coming. Uh, Knicks are up three to one, um, so that's looking good for my prediction. Over in the West, uh, Nuggets. I had the Nuggets in six. They're probably going to sweep the Timberwolves tonight. The Lakers are up two one. Uh, Golden State, Sacramento. Now that's a series, um, mm -hmm. so I, I could still make that one correct as well. Then Phoenix is up two one. Yeah, it's been, uh, I don't know, I haven't watched a lot of the games from start to finish, but a lot of drama, of course, a lot of 
uh, <laughs> shots to the nether regions. That's <laughs> just been it's always it's always something in the NBA. You know, um, I was able to catch a few games. Uh, I remember I was watching. I was at the uh, NA uh bc conference uh in chicago and i was in the hotel watching the golden state sacramento game uh and it's so fun watching playoff basketball because the the crowd gets so into it uh players mm-hmm. actually play hard you know um they, play, and, play. they don't take the day off <laughs> yeah. yeah so it's kind of nice to see that um and they were showing the crowd of some of the former Sacramento great players. And it made me feel old because they were showing uh, Vladi Divac, um, uh, Jason Williams in the crowd, formerly played at Sacramento uh, when they last were in the playoffs. Uh, so just love seeing the, the environment. Um, love seeing playoff basketball. Got to catch more games there and, and coach uh, as the playoffs move on here. So you're looking pretty solid, Aaron, in your picks here. Yeah, it's all not a lot of research, but just my eye test, and that's not saying much. But <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, tough news from Miami. I heard that uh, our Indiana guy Oladipo is done. Yeah, I saw that too. So, um, I don't know Miami Heat very well, but I'm assuming that's a big blow because wasn't he a starter, right? Uh, not, no, he's, he's kind he of, yeah, he's kind of worked his way back, but okay. yeah, injuries okay. are really, yeah, a lot of what, who knows what could have happened, but yeah. Now, coach, I'm just curious, do you watch NBA much or? I do. I do. I've always, I've been a lifelong Celtic fan. Okay. Since, uh, I can tell you that you guys weren't born. 1976, when John Havlicek and them beat the Phoenix Suns in that one game, and I think triple overtime. That was like the first NBA game I ever saw, and I kind of got hooked from there. And of course, being an Indiana guy, you know, you had to root for Larry Bird back in the day. So <laughs> just continued on from there, and I'm watching them. You know, I watch watch them. You know, every playoff game now that they're in. You know, I still still root for the Celtics. I see the Celtics and the Suns. If you're gonna, if I had to pick a a finals. Hey, Celtics and the Suns. Aaron, the eighties though, Celtics Lakers. Uh, those were always great series in the eighties. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> great matchups there. Uh, can't argue with that. Aaron, uh, since Coach made his uh, prediction for the finals, uh, who who do you think is going to be in the NBA Finals? That's a really good one. I yeah, I, I see Boston coming out of the East. I'll go, man. I want to go Lakers, but I feel like Golden State's going to get there one more time. So rematch. Oh, okay. All right. Very interesting. All right. Well, it is time for our last topic. And the topic uh, I think we're both looking forward to, Aaron, the most. And Mm -hmm. that is rapid fire with uh, Marion's basketball coach, Rob Berger. Uh, We both have questions for you. So here we go. What? Is the current state of Indiana high school boys basketball? What shape are we in? Uh, so you want quick answers then, right? Yeah. Uh, right, was, you can answer however long you want. We got we got time. No, I, I just wish we would uh, 
like the other brands of basketball at the college and the, the pro level, I wish we'd make changes to improve our game like they do. Mm-hmm. It, it, I think 1988 was the last significant change we made in Indiana. And that's when we added a three point line. Mm-hmm. So I would like to see, so I can, we've kind of become stale. If you want one word kind of stale, I would like things to, you know, kind of change, you know, I, I like the little half circle where you can't take a charge. You know, I mm-hmm. like, I'm a fan of the shot clock. I just wish we would just, you know, kind of change, I guess, make, make changes to our game to make it more exciting. We all complain about people aren't going to our games, but, but the NBA and college don't have people, you know, have that same problem of getting eyes on their game. So I wish mm-hmm. we would just change with the times, I guess. Yeah. You know, that's a great point coach. Um, and hopefully uh, we see some changes made um, to the game of basketball for high school. So we can get those eyes back as you were saying. Yeah. So, uh, which coaches, um, because let's be honest, uh, we kind of enjoy coaching against other coaches a little bit more than we do others. So, uh, which coaches did, or do you enjoy coaching against the most? Well, right now they're not coaching, but I always like coaching against guys. I was an assistant for, I always felt like I, in those, so that would be, then it'd be Mark Johnson and Ron Hiklinski at Mishawaka. Those that you always wanted to, I don't know, necessarily prove yourself if that's the right word but you know you kind of want to show those guys that, yeah you learn something from them and you can run a program as well so I always had a fun time coaching against guys where I was their assistant coach at one time that's awesome man um uh, did you ever get to coach against your former bosses well those two those two okay and then I guess I, sp- I was a middle school coach for my dad so that's we coached against each other once Okay. It was his last year at Riley and my first year at Marion the first time. So uh, he beat me on a last second shot and then he got out while he could. I always tell him. (laughs) (laughs) So how did you do against Johnson and Coach Heck? Did you you win games against them? Yeah. Well, Coach Heck, we won every game. So that's always nice. (laughs) Uh, uh, I would say Mark, probably about 500. I mean, we probably... Gosh, those are pro- we probably played 25 games against each other <laughs> from his days at LaSalle to mine at Marion, Mishawaka, yeah. to Riley to St. Joe. I wouldn't even know uh, probably at least at least 20 games we played against each other. So I, I imagine it's probably about even, I would think. <laughs> well, that, that's fun. That's awesome. OK, uh, we got to squeeze in a Marion question here. Uh, can you give us uh, a preview of next year's team? We'll have a different team because we did lose three really good players, three seniors that were really good. So we definitely lost three starters. But, you know, I think we got some guys back that, you know, I think we'll be okay. You know, one year we went undefeated in the regular season. And we had, you know, we had, it was Devin Canada's group. And we had five seniors, or we had four starters that graduated. and But we didn't win the sectional year. We got beat by St. Joe and Green and Sullivan beat us. So we lost four. And then the next year, you know, we were kind of counted out. We didn't return much. And, you know, we went to the regional championship that year. So I'm hoping we're getting that, you know, kind of getting that same vibe going where, you know, we returned some players, but we're kind of flying under the radar right now, which is where I like to, I like to hang out under the radar. That's a, that's a nice place to be. No one's thinking about <laughs> you. Know, you just kind of do your own thing. Um, Aaron, you had a couple of questions. Yeah. So you brought up Devin Kennedy. I thought it, uh, just a question about some of the guys that made the jump into the NBA. What's that been like for you as a coach? 
Oh, it's been, it's been great watching those guys. I mean, you know, one thing we are getting at Marion, at least it's in the works is getting, you know, their NBA Jersey kind of framed and hanged when you walk, you know, hung up or you, when you walk into our gym and, you know, it just it kind of, well, a, it makes you look like, you know, what you're doing as a coach, <laughs> you've got players. So that, that always helps me anyway. And, you know, it, it brings a lot of credibility, I think, to your program when you have guys like that. And, you know, they all kind of come back. You know, they're always back. And, you know, our floor is Demetrius Jackson Court. He, it's reason it's that is because he paid for it. You know, he bought oh, the court. Cool. It's nice that he came, you know, he gave back. And, you know, it's neat. You know, eventually, you know, I'll probably watch a playoff game where, you know, Jaden will be playing in it. So, you know, and hopefully Devin, you know, he's, I don't know, he's just, he's in the G League. He does really, really well. And, just like he can't get that, you know, that break to get quite up to the, you know, the team, but you know, he may get a shot as well. So it's, you know, it's, it's awesome when you got guys that you know, you know, and you know, you maybe helped a little bit, you know, playing at the highest level and, you know, in the world. Right. Yeah. You mentioned um, Ivy. What'd you think of his pretty historic rookie season for Detroit? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I haven't seen yet, but I, I'm assuming he'll be all rookie. You know, I'm assuming he's on, he'll be on the all rookie team. And, you know, I have a feeling, you know, he may be a, you know, a perennial, you know, all-star game person, you know, well, he'll be in that all-star game. And yeah, that's, you know, it's not very often, you know, you know, you can coach someone like that and to have the opportunity to coach three of them. It's no wonder I've won a few games here, except at Wawa C that will definitely left <laughs> off. <I was> going <laughs> <through this>. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> A uh, couple more questions, Coach. Uh, top three favorite high school gyms. Top three. Oh, number one's got to be the, the well, in active right now or no? Either one. You pick the wigwam. The wigwam was number one. That was a neat place when I when I was with Heklinski two years at Anderson, and we were. I'm not going to say we sold it out because we didn't. I'm not going to act like I'm some old man. But we did average about 6,000 people at our home games, and it sat like 9,000. So wow. it, was, it was pretty – it was a kind of a, a neat environment. And you got to go with Mishawaka, you know, the oldest active gym. You know, it's got to be up there. And, you know, I can't leave out the new Marion gym. You know, Demetrius checks in court at the new Marion gym. So I got to add that in there. But probably, a, you know, Northside gym as well. I mean, that's a, a classic – Mm-hmm. You know, gym where we play at least, well, I guess every other year now. We used to play every year there because we always had Memorial and Central on opposite, you know, years. So if yeah. not, I guess we're only over there every other year. But, you know, the Wigwam was something else. I mean, that was a neat, neat environment with, you know, when you played in, when I was there, there were three Anderson schools. There was Highland, Madison Heights, and Anderson High School. And mm-hmm. when any one of those three played against the other one, it was, then I, there were 9,000 people in that gym. And that was, that was something else. I mean, that was, that was a very interesting, you know, environment for a high school basketball is great. Wow. Wow. No, is the wigwam. I don't, I don't know. Is the wigwam currently open, but they don't play games there or is, did they, what, what's going on with the wigwam now? I believe it's still standing, but okay. I don't think they do anything in it. Mm. I don't know if they got historical status for it, but I, last I heard it was kind of in disarray, you know, like weeds were growing up around it and, you know, stuff like, you know, there, there's really nothing. It's not being used for anything at the moment, but and I could be wrong. That's the last time I mm. looked at it, but yeah, it's sad, you know, if that's because with Newcastle getting reclassified, 
that would have been the largest gym in Indiana. Newcastle always had it for all those years. But remember, they what they took away some seats from them or something. And, <laughs> you know, like Seymour's now number one, but the wigwam would have been number one if it was in, you know, if it was still active. Yeah. Uh, that's incredible. That's a good list there, coach. Um, so this concludes uh, our show. I want to say uh, one thing, though, coach, thank you so much for being on our show. I want to get you back on the show uh, soon. Uh, I had the privilege of hanging out with you every day during oh, uh, the work day uh, for the gym class there. Uh, always enjoy picking your brain uh, and talking sports with you. Uh, I just talked with a coach uh, this past weekend, actually, uh, and your name came up. Uh, and he's, he had so much good to say about you, how you're a genuine guy, uh, just not as a basketball coach, but as a person. Uh, I just wanted to say that, and we appreciate you. Uh, good luck this next year at Marion High School for the uh, boys' basketball season. Um, and thank you for being on our show then. Hey, no problem. Thanks, Aaron. Nice to meet you. Yeah. Well, nice to meet you. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see you tomorrow. All right. Well, see you. See you. Uh, thank you for listening to the Will and Aaron Show. And uh, tune in next time as we discuss more local college and pro sports.